Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Today, and I want you to pay very close attention, all right, to the things that I want to talk about today. I would be teaching on the subject of prayer. Prayer. And there are certain subjects in the Bible that I personally love to teach on. And because for many people, it is the greatest, let me use the word, challenge. And not that people do not like to pray or don't know how to pray, but the greatest frustration of most believers is the fact that many times for people, we are only praying to tick our religious conscience and not really expecting to receive anything from that prayer. And so prayer is something that we grew up doing and for most people it was modeled by our parents and for some people by the economy of your country will force your knees to prayer. And most people can pray, or many people can pray, but they don't expect that that which they are praying for will come to pass. And so I want your heart to be very open this morning as I begin to go into some of these deep things where prayer is concerned, and I will show you the mystery and the understanding of having a fervent prayer life. So I want your heart to be opened and I want your heart to be receptive of what God wants to do in our midst. If you study the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostle, you would see that one of the mighty things that was saw from the book of Acts were the many testimonies that erupted in that chapter, in that verse, um, that, that um, chapter, yes, of the Bible, the book of the Bible. You would see many mighty miracles. In fact, there were things that happened in the Acts of the Apostle that never happened in Jesus' ministry. Or, let me put it this way, was not documented in Jesus' ministry. You see, that gives us an indication or an insight that there were certain things they understood, there were certain things they knew in the book of Acts that brought about some of the mighty miracles and the mighty deeds, and I've taught you this before, that when we talk about mighty miracles and mighty deeds, we are not only talking about healing, we are not only talking about the dead being raised, we are talking about your life becoming, let me use a wrong word, but let me use it, a wonderment. Are you getting what I'm talking about? To the life of people. That people look at your life and are going to tell, this one has been with the Lord. If you look at the metrics designed in the book of Acts about the people who had been with the Lord, it was very clear that they had an higher reality and a higher understanding. But if you look at the premise upon which the acts of the apostle ever existed, it was Jesus telling them to go and tarry in Jerusalem. Everything that you saw from Acts to Revelation was built upon what Jesus told them. He says, and ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost wasn't going to come until men we're going to wait to pray. When God begins to do something in your church, 
Meaning that you begin to see testimonies. Meaning that people are coming out with many testimonies of next levels, of opportunities, of doors being opened, and particularly testimonies of fervency in the things of the Spirit. Then you see that in one Sunday they are doing seven churches. It's a testament or an insight for you that there is something God is doing in my time. The biggest prayer to pray for any person is that may you not miss a season and you are trying to pray yourself into a season that the season has passed. And one of the things that happen in every crucial season is the understanding of how to pray. Let me tell you something. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You see, if you look at that scripture, Jesus was saying something very powerful there. He was saying that for a man to live, there are two things required for men to live on the earth. Number one is food, which is bread. Number two is the word. What to a man who only has the food but has no word? Are you hear what I'm saying? What to a man who has the food of the belly but doesn't have the word? And this was the principle of the life of Jesus. The word went ahead of Jesus even in Jesus' life. I'll explain what I'm saying to you. Jesus knew he was going to die. And he knew that after three days he needed to resurrect back to life. But before time, Jesus was saying it. He was putting words ahead of, his, of the event happening before it happened. He was talking to the people about the fact that he was going to come, he was going to die, and after three days, he was going to resurrect. What was going on, in other words, was that Jesus was putting out words ahead of him. Listen, if Jesus never said it, three days will come, and nothing will happen. Words must go ahead of you. This was the exact same thing that happened with Peter. Remember when Jesus prayed for Peter? He said, Satan has planned to finish you, but I've prayed ahead for you. This is the understanding of how crucial it is to pray. This morning, I want to speak to two sets of people in this church. And I want you to listen very closely. I know I'm the pastor of the new churches. I move around all the new churches. I know there are plenty of you here who God has helped you. I know there are plenty of you here who God has blessed you. And I'm not only just talking about uh, the blessing of the Lord like we will say but I'm talking about in terms of material things I know and also there are many of you also or there are some of you who also it's as though you have not gotten to the fullness of what you see or what you want meaning that you are in the pendulum of the blessed in the sense of material things that they can show for it and the people who might not have anything right now to show for it I bring the two party a word this morning I please and I want to say to you again listen very crucial to the things that I want to teach you here so that your heart is opened to receive the things that is going to happen to this place because you see one of the biggest challenge of a weak prayer life is comfort comfort when God has blessed you with a system that continues to produce for you meaning that you have what we call plug and play it could be that your business is already you know systemized or put in a way 
or your career, you are the best serving career person, you are the career professional that always gets the award of the month, the staff of the month. Every month your salary is maybe $3,000 and then at the end of the month, you know because of the kind of talent that you have, another $2,000, $5,000 is coming to you for the appreciation of the job. You get into that rest of comfort, so much so that something has already started working for you. You don't feel the need of consistent prayer. I bet you under God, it's a trap. It's a huge trap for your downfall. The same way, the people on the other side of the pendulum who also believe that I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed, nothing has happened. So there is no need for me to pray again. Let me just leave it alone and let God do something in his timing. Uh, you hear what I'm saying? This morning, I want to bring the two parties into one so that we begin to understand the importance of prayer. Particularly when we begin to see the handwriting on the wall as a church family and what God is doing in this family. For many of you who God has blessed financially, and I know many of you God has helped you financially here, and many of you also who God is helping you, I bring to you a word in season that speaks to where we are also as a church. Glory be to God. Now open your Bible with me as I begin to start to the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The Bible says, Jesus speaking here, he says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Look at me, everyone. I would have been at peace or at rest if Jesus said a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said the thief Meaning that the devil is the thief. Every other person who steals from you is a thief. There is a difference between the thief and a thief. A thief got their marching order from the thief. Did you hear what I said? The thief is the devil. Meaning that every time you see the devil in your vicinity, in your life, in your society, in your business, in your career, in your finances, in anything God has even told you to do, you are not willing to do. I tell you of the fact, and I tell you the truth, every single time you see the thief, he came to collect something. Listen, the thief doesn't show up if there's not, so, if there's not something involved for him. No. The thief does not show up if there's nothing dear for him. The thief does not show up if there is nothing at stake in your life for him. The thief does not show up if there is not something in your life that is precious. Because you see, if it is not precious to you, they will not steal it. Because it is precious to you, that is why you say they stole from me. Listen, if my five naira is taken from me now, I will not tell Pastor Dayton and say they stole my five naira. Because to the glory of God, five naira is no longer precious to me right now. But if they come and collect some kind of money, I will say, close that door. Everybody is not going out. Ushers, don't usher anybody. Don't ransack anybody. I want to check everybody myself. Why? Because they've stolen something precious to me. Now, here's the big problem. The reason why you think what you have is not precious is because of the value you have placed on what you have. So, who tells you what is precious is not you. That's why you must pray that your eyes be open to see 
Because that thing you say is not precious might be the very thing God wants to use for your life. I've seen people who say, I don't like to talk. But that is the very medium through which God wants to design for their rising. They say, I don't like to talk. So the devil has stolen from them the ability to stand and speak confidently. But then they call it timidity. He has stolen something from you. The preciousness is not by your sight. Is what that's why Paul prayed that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. It is very crucial. The best gift God can give any believer is not money, is not cars, is not house, is sightedness. When you see it, you see it. When you see it, you can reproduce it. What you don't see, you don't see. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? It says the thief cometh, but to steal, kill, and destroy. John chapter 5 and verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. I, I want to show you the need because you see, this casual Christianity, because this month we are talking about prayer. Are you excited? It's the month of prayer. Listen, every one of you, your prayer life will move from zero to 100. Because there's truly something they call the spirit of grace and supplication. The ability and the empowerment that causes men to pray. First John chapter 5 and verse 19. First John chapter 5 and verse 19. It says, we know. Look at this scripture. It says, we know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Give me the King James Version. King James. The King James Version of that scripture. It says, and we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. You know what it means to lie? It means that if I want to lay on this floor now, on this, it's a cap. Let's assume this is a carpet. I'm laying on the carpet. This is what the scripture was saying: that the, the carpet of the world is wickedness. The carpet, and this is the very carpet men just move casually. I've said this over and over again. I believe. That PJ, I believe that business owners and career professionals should be more fervent in prayer than even pastors. Yes, because you see, many pastors can hide under the, the confine of the anointing and still perform functions. Because no church member just wants to scam pastor. The fear in that people scam pastor. But, <laughs> but the fear that comes with the office in that sense makes some people think twice. In your space as a business owner, career prophet, there is no fear. In fact, the fear has been withdrawn the moment you entered into that space. So there is a fervency that is required to achieve the thing. So the, 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 the word lies, lies, the carpet is wickedness. This is how people wake up in the morning, no prayer life, no hunger, no fire, no vibrancy. Let me say something to you. Don't ever think that your, your daily confession can substitute for your prayer life. Let me explain what I'm saying to you. Confessions are even birthed in the place of prayer. You know, people sometimes get into the religion of something that was just supposed to help you birth into something. So you can get confessions and be declaring confession and you should declare confession and that is all you take as tablet for power. 
whereby there is prayer that brings confession. Meaning that you are praying and from that prayer you are confessing things. In the name of Jesus, I declare the sun would not smite me by day. I declare as I go today, I go in peace. I declare that things are happening to me. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was birthed from prayer. Glory be to God. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. One day somebody came to see me in the office. I was talking to the young man. He was about to make a crucial decision financially that involved a lot of money. I asked a simple question. I said, have you prayed about it? He said, well, I have not quite done that, but I have thought through it. I saw before me a very man whose, whose, whose failure has been designed by the voices of the earth, whereby they begin to prioritize thoughtfulness to spiritual activities that can give you the right decision to make. I'm going to say some things, though. Amen. Let me keep going. I told him, pray you. <laughs> when I heard the money involved, that was the first question I came. I said, have you prayed? <laughs> if you lose 1K, it's not a problem. In, but if you lose $200,000 in this current economy, you just want to invest $200,000 like that. You have not asked, inquired. <laughs> All right, but you know, this is how people lose precious things daily. As this happened to you before, you want to get into a conversation, you want to say something that is inconsequential, but there's a restraint. You are wondering, but well, this thing is not adding up because you see, people carry. I'm telling you what I know people truly carry atmospheres. Jesus was very anointed, he entered into certain cities, he couldn't do many mighty miracles. The atmosphere of, the, of that city was dense, thick. He said, no honor in this place. Let me leave this place. Let me look for a place whereby they will receive what... Are you getting what I'm talking about? Where you say what you say matters. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where you say what you say matters. God might have... I don't know where I'm going in this line. God might have given you the permission to say it. But sometimes there is an atmosphere to which you say it. Who you cast your visions to matters. There are, are men in clothes skin, but called Sambalat and Tobiah. You must be discerning enough to be able to know who am I talking to and why am I saying what I'm saying. The vocabulary of silence is one of the best gifts God can give man. When to say, how to say, and to whom to say it. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Kerabako tolo mahala. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be sober, be diligent, the vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, the sober there did not mean that be sleeping, no. Just be sleeping and be sober. It's talking about a heightened sense, being awakened to know that you have an adversary. And this adversary wants to fight you even when you don't feel like fighting. This is not a boxing match that they say round one, round two, round three, round four. There are no rounds. It's continuous fights. But thanks be unto God. Who always causes us to triumph. 
Hallelujah. Now, let me say something to you. I'll share a, I'll share a story, and I've shared this story here before. I don't know if it's here or Ikeja or Leki. There was a son, there was a particular day, a young lady, and I'm saying this so that you can get something there. A young lady in church, something is brewing on the inside of people right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This was last year. A young lady in church, um, I got to church that morning and I was just greeting people and I, I didn't see her in church. So when I got back home, no, let me, let me take that story back. It was a Friday night. I was sleeping. I was praying. And while I was praying, I just felt led to check on, check on her. So I sent her a message. I said, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And this was maybe about past one in the night. I said, how are you? How are you doing? Um, I said, and, and she didn't reply on time, but I slept off. Now, recounting the story for me, she said that it was the buzz of the WhatsApp that woke her up from her sleep. She woke up from the sleep and she couldn't sleep. And then she felt like praying. So she got up and started to pray and was just pacing around and praying. She prayed for a long time and then while she was praying, she slept off. Now, let me go into the story part of how I then got involved. Now, I was in church that Sunday and when I was in church, I was looking for her. I said, I didn't see this person in church. So I got back home and I called this person. I said, I didn't see you in church. What's going on? I said, ah, P.S., something happened. He said, on Friday night when you called me and I slept, this was into Saturday. When you sent me a message, pardon me, this was into Saturday. In the morning when I woke up, I saw, this is real life story. He said, I saw a live bird, a dead bird, pardon me, beside me on my bed, a dead bird. And I was very scared, so the, dead, the bed was not alive. The bed was dead, right beside me on my bed. said, I stood up and I was looking around my house. Did I open my window in any way? The window wasn't open. You know, because, you see, sometimes we can preach grace and trivialize power. All right. Now, she said, oh, you know, the bed, the bed was, and I checked everywhere. Now, this was what she said that got my attention. She said, when I woke up, even though the bed was dead beside me, I packed the bed and threw it out and we burnt the bed, the bird. He said, I woke up and after some time, I started to feel that I couldn't carry some part of my body. My hand, my body, I just couldn't move some part of my body. This is real life story. So she told me that. At first, I was tired. I just, I just got back from church. But as she was saying it, I knew by the spirit. This is an infusion of a demonic spirit right here. So I was really tired. So I sent a text. And thank God there are witnesses. So I sent the text to Pastor Debbie. And I sent a text to Pastor Dayton. I said, oh yeah, Pastor Dayton, she's a member of your church, the new Ikeja. Come and collect your responsibility. <laughs> and let's go together. So we, we drove there and we went there. While we were going there, I was praying in, my, in the spirit. And I was just searching my heart to know what had happened there. We entered into the room, I, I, of course, I looked around first to be sure that there was nothing like opening there. Now, this is what she said. She said, what happened was the next morning when the bed died, 
and she packed the bed and killed the, um, and threw the bed away, pardon me, that her body started to hate her and she couldn't move some part of her body. She said, her mom called her that morning. She didn't pick at first, then her mom called her again that she picked. Her mom said to her and said, your, we just lost your auntie this morning. Yeah, it all. This is real life story. They were there. Said, we just lost your auntie this morning. That in the middle of the night, your auntie was sleeping. Now, listen to this. I'm not saying this thing as a believer. You are an unbeliever. If this thing is putting fear inside you. <laughs> Amen. Who is inside you? Hallelujah. The Bible says, let no man trouble me. So, these things are not said because people don't, eh. No. In fact, it's to let you know you carry power. That's it. And so, I went there and said, what happened that morning was that she woke up and her mom called, her mom called and said, her auntie died. how did her auntie, auntie die that morning? He said, the auntie woke up, was sleeping. And while she was sleeping, in the middle of the night, around 1 a.m., that same timing, woke up and was coughing and was bringing out blood from her mouth and from her nose and died. Real life story. Now, she was so scared to tell her mom what had happened that morning because she didn't want her mom to be scared that, ah, maybe they are passing the corridor. <laughs> and so we got there and we started to pray. And while we started to pray, simple prayer. You see, there was just something about exercising your authority. It's not, oh yeah, come out now. I said I won't come. Oh yeah, please now. Oh yeah, can two of you come out? And you see, when we talk about deliverance self, we have built a doctrine around that thing. Whereby we make it look as though it is only certain people that can do certain things. What do you need the names of legions for? To say, how many are you there? Just cast the bagger out of the place and move on. Because you have the power to. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we come out of this foul spirit to go. And I tell you, it was a tussle. Voices. Oh, no, I'm not coming out. I mean, they were all there that day. But we were not there to say, hey, hey, oh yeah, you go first now, Pity. Try your power first. Then Pastor David said, go do it. I say, hey. He said, oh yeah, come out now. Listen. If you are born again, you have the power of the Godhead. Are you hear what I'm saying? You must learn how to exercise. Let me give you two minutes. I just feel that in the spirit. Let me give you two minutes to exercise what you have right now. Two minutes. In any area of your life. Two minutes. access points in which you can open up for the wicked one to tamper with what is yours. Number one, 
is disobedience. Disobedience. Number two is ignorance. You see, you will pay for what you don't know. It's just like you are driving and you say, passing one way. Particularly in Nigeria where they will not put the sign for you. The sign was taken so that you enter into trouble. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? And number three, number three is covenants. Meaning that people have, I mean, and these things happen. People just have certain demonic covenants. Those are access points. Access points. Disobedience. Covenants. Number three. What did I say number three was again? Ignorance. They are access points that you will just allow yourself open and susceptible. But listen to me. You have the power of the Godhead. As a believer, you are not weak. You might feel weak in your physical body, but you are not weak spiritually. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, let's begin to talk about the need to pray. You know, in the book of Luke chapter one, 11 verse 1, the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 1, it says, And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Watch the scripture very well. Now it came to pass. No, go back, go back. Verse 1, go back. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples, if you read the scripture, you would realize that the disciples did not have a problem of prayerlessness. It was the fact that their prayer life was not getting results. It was not as though they were not praying, but they realized by observation that the things Jesus was praying for, it was happening for him. There must be something this man knows that we don't know. There must be a way this man is praying that is getting the result that he's getting, that we are praying, but he's not getting the result that we are getting. Betting. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they decided to ask him, this is why if you read the book of Luke chapter 1 to the end, you will see how Jesus started to teach them how to pray. He says, when ye pray, in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 5, you will see also, he says, Jesus saying to them, he says, when ye pray, he was teaching them how to pray. Because they realized from the life of Jesus that his prayers were getting results. And I beg to submit to you today that this is the biggest problem and frustration of many believers. The fact that I don't pray is not my problem. The very fact that I pray but I don't see is my problem. I love one of the testimonies somebody shared. And you know, we started something in the new, it's going to be, it's testimony, I don't know the name yet, I can't remember what they called it, but it's testimonies. I know because of time, we don't have enough time to share testimonies on Sunday regularly in church, but we have thousands and thousands of millions of, um, thousands of testimonies I mean, across since when the new was started, and it's so powerful. So we decided to start documenting those testimonies, all right? And so it will be on YouTube. You can go on YouTube and watch it. One of our sisters said that some years ago, she observed in her life, this is so powerful, because you see, there is one thing to pray, and there is another thing to believe that what I've prayed for is going to happen for me. She said that she realized that she was praying and doing the feast. She asked God, she said, God, I want to enter into a realm where I say and handle, not I say and I don't see it. 
said she was praying, she had a dream, and in that dream she saw that a mighty hand came and moved into her hands and was removing grass. In less than two weeks, pam, her life totally changed. It's to let you understand that the biggest frustration, I mean, many of the questions that I hear from people is the frustration of prayer. People pray but don't see the results. People have fervency. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people have thrown away their guns of prayer. Because to what point would I keep praying and not see the result of my prayer life? Why do I need to continue to pray? There is absolutely no need to pray. The number two reason why people don't pray, why, or why people also pray, is solely to tick the conscience box. That as a Christian, we've been taught that we should pray. And if I don't pray, then I'm offending God. You know, that's the reason why many people pray. The fear of offending God is the reason why people pray. Say, oh, if I don't pray now, it means that God is not happy with you. Or God is not happy with me. We pray, number one, for our lives to be transformed. That's why we pray. But that's not where I'm going to today. Glory be to God. Now, let me show you how Jesus prayed. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. I always like to start with this scripture. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5. When David sang that song, I really liked it. I was that child. I don't know how to sing very well. I asked this song. It says, this is Jesus. So it says, who in the days of his flesh, where he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his glory, of his godly fear. It says, Jesus, who prayed with cries and tears. Give me the TPT version. Give me the TPT version. Give me the TPT version. Glory be to God. Give me the TPT version or the amplified version. All right, it's here. Okay. Oh, okay, that's fine. And during Christ's days on the earth, he pleaded with God, praying with passion and with tearful agony. Listen, there are times you pray, right? And it can be casual. Sometimes because of the situation and the place you find yourself. So there are times you can just pray, in the name of Jesus, I declare. But you see, there are certain matters that requires a passion from you. That requires a cry from you. There are certain matters that require a loud voice. Do you know that there are times I see people pray and I can never understand how you can be going through... Listen, yesterday was independence, right? And I'm going to talk about something because God gave me a prophetic word for Nigeria and I'm going to call PJ to pray over that. The moment you are born in Nigeria, that's the first day you must start praying. I'm telling you, the, 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 the entrance into this country is a prayer point. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
Do you know this is why many people lose fervency when they travel? Because there's nothing, your prayer lists, the government has answered it for you. But your own in Nigeria, the government has compounded yours. They have not even answered. They have, because you must pray to know when to go out. Because they might be constructing a road they didn't tell us about. The day you don't have insight, you are locked there for 12 hours. So the moment you give you, you become a citizen of this country, you must begin to pray. Because I tell you the truth, there are, there are forces designed. I'm going to say something God showed me by vision about Nigeria towards the end of my message. And they were going to pray. But I'm going to say many things in coded words, like you know when I want to say some of these things. Coded. And I know you will get it. But you see the way Jesus prayed. It was with intensity. There is an intensity required. I'm telling you the honest truth. Listen, your laxity is the reason why you have not pushed certain barriers in the place of prayer, in the place of spirit. That's, that's, everything is okay. You know, I've said it again and again. Many people put the problem of economy, a spiritual problem, they call it economic problem. Your prayer life must be able to push you into certain things. Glory be to God. So let's look at how Jesus prayed. Number one, we see in the life of Jesus the several ways he prayed early morning prayer. Now, let me quickly say something here. I'm not building a doctrine around these things. We are just showing you how Jesus prayed. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Early morning prayer, Mark 1 35. All right. It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while, before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Number two, evening our prayers. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. Matthew 14 and verse 23. You also see also, all right, you see that, and when he had, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and now when evening came, he was there alone. Glory be to God. Alright, if you also see um, Vigils, Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Vigil, Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Verse 12. Luke 6, 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out of the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayers to God. Did you see that? Alright, number 5, isolation. Alright, which is what we call retreats. Let me tell you something. Everyone, look here. Let me tell you something. See, let me come down and say it all. So that I can say it well. Amen. When I was on campus, I want to say something, so please, I want you to hear me very well. When I was on campus, now, I said this over and again that sometimes, some of those things is the Spirit of God that drives you to do it. I mean, now, I'm, I'm not sure if I can do that right now. But I'll tell you something. I don't think a month has gone past in my life since I became aware of my calling. Because I know that it is empowered spirits that fulfill destiny. Yeah. You can have a prophecy, but it's capped. Because you are not designed or you have not decided to partner with the prophecy allotted to you by the divine wisdom of God for you. 
So I have designed in my schedule a continuous need that at least once in a month I would take myself on a retreat to go and pray out the things of God because you see, there are things I have entered but there are things that the Spirit wants me to enter that I might not have entered. And just by divine insight, I can be living life like things are going all fine but what they are seeing in the curriculum of the Spirit is different from what I'm actualizing on the earth. So, Jesus even in his ministry would separate himself isolate himself and stay there to fast and pray and there were many times Jesus himself went to the mountain I'll tell you something listen when I was on campus I would wake up I'm telling you serious things I would go to mountains now I was not looking for a power or I was just intoxicated by knowing some deep things to isolate myself because you see when people come and I mean, people can say oh you know just you have the power of the Holy Ghost now the Bible says Luke chapter 4 verse 12 remember the spirit of the Lord is upon me how because he has anointed me to preach the gospel this was Jesus himself Jesus carried the anointing beyond measure he carried the power beyond measure he was the one himself that created of earth the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The worlds and they that dwell therein. He himself created the foundation of the earth. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Jesus himself. But I tell you the truth. Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed to the point that his disciples came to him and said, Teach us the curriculum of prayer. Yes. Paul the apostle said, I pray in tongues more than ye all. Let me tell you something. Aya, I want to say something about the spirit. You know that in the army, there are many ranks. But everybody is in the army. But in the army, there are generals. In the army, there are lieutenants. There are major generals. There are, what's the last together? Eh? Captain. Then there are recruits. We are all in the army of Christ. But I'll tell you something. Your intentionality about your spiritual journey helps you to operate in certain dimensions. Listen, you cannot just say, I'm son, so I can just do whatever I like. Any grace that doesn't put us in the boundaries and the borders of scripture is not the word of God. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? And so that puts a responsibility as sons. I'm telling you the honest truth. There are certain things that God might not show you until you take yourself on a retreat sometimes. And some of those retreats is not even to pray. It's just to be quiet enough to hear. Don't go and joke to say, I can, power is everywhere. I don't need to go to anywhere. I don't need to go and play. I just, you have power. Everyone who operated in power, go and talk. People might talk about their power in the open, but they will never tell you their consecration that bet the thing that they see. Don't go and be thinking everybody just have power. There is consecration put upon the heart of a man to bet what you are seeing there. Nothing just happens. Everyone can come and say, oh, in four years, look at what has happened to the new. But I tell you the honest truth, the prayer of this church when the new started, I'm telling you, I would have been surprised if these things were not happening. It's all the grace of God, but there must be a fervency. We must partner with the grace. Can you imagine if Jesus just said, 
I'm the grace. In, I mean, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Imagine Jesus just says, there's no need. I'm grace. Oh yeah, the devil would have showed him. He would have showed him well. Pray, oh. When you are driven, but when I was on campus, the Holy, I would be driven. I'll just go and isolate myself. I'll go to the mountain fast, the rain. I mean, I've not gone to the mountain since, but I, it, 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 it drove me there. Now, what was going on for me then, it was building capacity for me for what I'm doing now. Because you can lead, there is something, you can lead one person. You can get leadership for that. Just go to a school, get leadership. But to lead a movement and a people is spiritual leadership. It's spiritual leadership. There must be there is a capacity you have built. Stop joking with destiny. Don't, stop just putting yourself say what will be will be. Any person that says we sera sera to their destiny has decided to partner with the devil in the easy accomplishment of his plans. In this kingdom, what will be don't be. Is what you make be that be. Is what you make be that be. It's not what we be we be. It's not what we be will 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 be. Are you hear what I'm saying? It's not what. It's not what we be will be. We don't. We don't. I, 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 some of the things I'm saying today, you know, I don't talk. I don't say it. All. I just. The Lord told me, I'm telling you, the, you, see, you say, we are starting seven churches. Bah, bah, bah. UK church is starting before the end of the year. The, since, since, since September 1st, my wife and I, we've been fasting. We've been fasting. Since September 1st, since September 1st, we have been fasting. Since September 1st. So, it's not just because I'm saying some things purposely for a generation to understand. It's not just vibes and inshallah. Let's say, well, I'm feeling vibes and vibes. Hey. If, the, if God is not vibing your vibe, <laughs> pray. Let me tell you something. Any attack on your prayer life is cancerous. It's an attack purely on your destiny. I'm telling you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The, the church of the, of, in the book of Acts had so much prosperity because of the vibrant prayer life of the apostles. They said, we cannot put ourselves to be serving bread. We must give ourselves solely to prayer and the ministry of the word. Glory be to God. Now, what is prayer? I'm rounding up now. What is prayer? Prayer is a legal assertion and the Lord gave me this particular definition of prayer this morning and I want you to write this down. I was praying and just the Holy Spirit just put it in my heart and I wrote it down and I want to share it with you. It says, prayer is a legal assertion that enforces the superiority and the supremacy of God on a subject. It's a legal assertion that enforces the superiority and the supremacy of God on a subject. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And let me close with this what prayer does number one is a series so we'll continue next week upper week for the whole one month number one is and in no according according to no order what prayer does is it changes you 
You know, last two weeks I said something. I said that, <laughs> listen to this. I said what is important to have a vibrant word life. Meaning you are staying in the word, you are eating the word. But you can come and say, I don't need to pray. Or the, the prayer is not the key. You know, I sang the song, prayer is the key. You can say, prayer is not the key. But I'm telling you the honest truth, prayer is the hand that holds that key. Because you see, let me tell you this. Even the Bible, you can't understand it if you have not. Has this happened to you before? You are praying in the spirit and you open your Bible. Do you know what happens to you? The, the word of God comes alive. Prayer is powerful. It's the invitation of the Godhead on the subject matter. It's the legal assertion of his supremacy and his superiority on a matter. Glory be to God. And this is the reason why we pray. Did somebody get something here today? Have you learned something today? Now, let me, and I'm going to invite PJ soon, because I want us to pray for Nigeria. That is the reason why we taught about prayer today. I want us to pray for Nigeria. You know, there are many people who can say things like, we have been praying, we have been praying, we have been praying. What has even happened in this country? I believe that the reason why this country still exists is the prayer of the saints. Because in, in, in actual look of things physically, this, this, this nation shouldn't even exist again. To see you I really tied up One more time to see you. You pour out your Pivotal role that I believe that the new place in our generation in the body of Christ. I want you to listen to me very closely because I want to say certain things that the Lord told me about Nigeria and about the coming elections and things which are in the fiber of the country. This is a prophetic word. But I'm going to say many of these things in very coded words. Esther chapter 3 and verse 8. Esther chapter 3 and verse 8. Then Esther said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people, in the province of your kingdom 
It says that their law are different from all other people and they do not keep the king's law. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. Verse 9. It says, and if it pleases the king, let a decree be written that they be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who would do the work to bring into the king's treasuries. Verse 10. So the king took his signet ring from his hands and gave it to Haman, the son of Amadeath, the, the Gagates, the enemy of the Jews. Verse 11. Verse 11. And the king said to Haman, the money and the people, the resources and the people, the talents and the people, the human capital, which is the people, the natural resources, which is the people, has been given to you to do with them as seems good to you. Verse 12. Then the king's scribe were called on the 13th day of the first month and decreed, and a decree was written according to all that Ammon commanded to the things, to the king's satraps, the governors who were over each province, to the officials of the people, to every province according to its scripts, and to every people in their language in the name of the king Ahasuerus. It was written and sealed with the king's signet ring. Verse 13. And the letter was sent by Korea into the king's provinces, to the governors, to the local assemblies, to the, is it local assembly? Uh, local governments, to the senate, to destroy and to kill and to humiliate the Jews, both young, old, little, and women, in one day, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Ada, and the plunder their possession. Now look at me, everyone. This is to show us certain indication that when we talk about governance, governance is in two parts. There is the governance that you see and the governance that be. Meaning that there are those who are the photograph that represents the nation. But there are those who the nation has been given to them to operate, control, and rule. And so just because we might have photographs that represent nation, even in the coming election doesn't tell us that those are the rulers of the nations. It means that Ayazoros, the king, who is supposed to overlook and oversee the Jewish and the people who are in his terrain, my, by the spirit of drunkenness and looseness, and you can see that in the life of Vashti, remove his signet ring, his authority, and give 
to Ammon, but he is the one that stands in place to be decreeing and declaring all that is happening, but somebody else is the one doing it. It also suggests to us that not only, I, I, I wanted to follow me closely down, not only do we look at the person in rulership, but we also look at the people with the person in rulership. I'm saying very deep things. Then thirdly, we also then look at the spirits of Ahasuerus, a man who can wake up and say, Vashti is no longer my wife. He was not looking for a beautiful wife because the Bible says Vashti was beautiful. So they were not looking for Esther to replace Vashti because Esther was more beautiful than Vashti. No. He was looking for something he didn't know he was looking for. If you look at Ahasuerus, you can see that he's a man that is clueless about what it means to rule and reign. He was operating under influences unknown to him. So we also deal with the spirit of the age. The spirit that walks around the king's palace that compels them to give the authority of their rulership and their kingship to another. So the dealings of the spirit is not only who is going to be the next president. It's the people and the spirits. Are you hear what I'm saying? Listen. Do you know this? If you don't like my wife, you don't like me. Don't dare have a client. This word of knowledge. Your clients, the husband and their wife, they are doing business. Then on your client's birthday, you buy gifts for the husband. But you don't buy for the wife. You know that it's on the bed, they will settle the matter. They will just say, stop coming. The husband will be laughing with you, but the wife was the one that put words. It's the same wife that can put words for you to give you more contracts. There are things that are settled. Legislation doesn't have power. When people who want to do certain things want to do it, they will bypass some things. But you see this. The responsibility of any nation to change is put in the confine and embedded in the system of the generation to which the change must come. Let me explain what I'm saying to you. Eli could not bet David. It had to be Samuel in the confine of his generation that could bet it. Meaning that there are things our fathers have played. They have said they cannot bring it to pass. The rod of Moses cannot part up the Red Sea in the days of Joshua. Joshua has to find a new technology that fits into these days. What I'm saying in other words is that the burden for the change of this nation is not in the age bracket of certain people. It's in our age bracket. I tell you the truth. Take it from me. That the change of this country will come must become to be the rise of a new set of intercessors. There are people at certain age brackets. Let me tell you something. Simon, in the Bible, was, and Anna waited for the promise of the birth of Jesus to come. When they saw him came, 
they were able to go and be with the Lord. But until they saw him, they couldn't go. But guess what? It was in the time frame of one which they were supposed to be existing. That's why Anna and, and, uh, and Simon could not come in the days of Melchizedek. Melchizedek cannot be praying for the coming of Jesus. Melchizedek could only talk about the coming of Jesus. But the onions rest upon Simon and are you gonna say and Anna to pray out Jesus' birth? If the generation upon which the burden has been given, the Bible says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, the sons and daughters will prophesy, the young men will see visions, the old will dream dreams. Dreams of the old means that they will see things that they might not touch or handle. Vision means that you see it and you bring it to pass. Of what good is a vision that doesn't be actualized? It's still hallucination. So the wisdom of the generation is to understand that the burden is not in the order. I don't want to mention any age brackets. But I tell you the truth. The foundation of this nation is embedded upon us in this room. There are some prayers that reaches the heaven. It knocks the door, but it's not the cry of the generation. I'm telling you what I'm saying here. When the children of Israel were ready to go out of Egypt, God had to search for a man called Moses. He said, the cry of my people, that generation, the generation that entered into, into um, the promised land, remember, they were different from the generation that prayed. Two generations. A generation can pray, but they only prayed to bet a body for those that will pray to see it come to pass. They, they didn't hear what I said. So it means that a generation can pray to bet burdens because God will not do anything until he gives man a burden. So the burden, and you see, as soon as Zion travailed, that's when a child comes forth. And so there can be Iazorus in the palace. But I tell you the honest truth. I tell you the honest truth. You see, one of the things that happened in the days of Herod, Herod said, let us kill all the children that was born in the days of Jesus. Why? The, 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 the male children, no, the eight, children of two years old and downwards. He said, let us kill all of them. Why? They were trying to terminate one man's life. One man's life. The spirit of Herod is that one that wants to, to frustrate the young. Frustrate them to the point that even Jesus had to leave his city to take cover in the city. But thank God there was a burden on Simon and Anna. Higher. What God requires is to the Simons and the Annas and the Esthers. The solution of Iazoros was Esther in the palace who understood the consequences of the death of the Jewish people. I'm saying very deep things, go and watch it again. But I'm not going to say it today because, you know, our generation, we can enter and begin to vote by preference. And we can begin to say things. And I'm not going to say, we are, we can, but you see, in this particular election, there must be heightened discernment. You must vote your conviction. You cannot be saying things like, they are all the same. You must vote your conviction. And as you are putting your sword, you must be building the wall. So as you are voting, you must be praying. We cannot be saying things like what has prayer done. 
we are voting we must become Nehemiah's ayala will be died will die you know what um, Mordecai told Esther he said don't go and think you are safe don't go and think that you will make so much money and you will send your child to the best school don't go and think that you can go to the United Kingdom or to the United States or to Canada and your children who ought to have heritage in this place because let me tell you something Mordecai was not talking to Esther in the context of now. He was talking to her in the future of her children, children, children. He said, don't go and think, oh. But I know even if you don't do it, he said, God will raise for himself somebody. Many of you, God has put you in spaces. Do you know that you convincing somebody to vote, to vote for the right person? Do you know you are an Esther? I'm telling you the truth. You convincing somebody to vote for the right person. He says, don't go and think. The next thing, Esther came back. I said, you know what? I want you to organize a fast. We don't take spiritual things just by going to the pool. Are you hear what I'm saying? Listen, there are, um, this is not demons. There are strongholds. That hold this nation I'm telling you how would one man how would one man steal 180 something billion you go to the hospital you see the level of demonic oppression the decadence it is nothing else by what you call the spiritual wickedness in high places people who can afford to build I'm telling you we have more churches in this country than hospitals People who can afford to build schools, one person can champion the kind of money they have. One person can champion hundred schools, neat without feeling it. During the COVID-19, it's not something I heard, something I know. In this hospital in the Kaja here, they bought 20 
um, what they call that thing that they were using during COVID-19? Ventilators. 20. Some weeks ago, one of my aunties needed one. Some weeks ago. 20 bought during COVID-19. They only had three. The remaining 17 are no longer working. And the three they were using, you know, may you not be sick, oh. These are people, they are oppressors. They want to oppress their young. It's error-like spirits. Let me hold them in the confines. If the yoke is not broken, if the generation of Joshua doesn't cry in the time of Joshua, the oppression of Joshua was different from the oppression of Moses. The God of Joshua was one man army, but the God of Josh, the God of Moses was one man Moses. But the God of Joshua was, we will go around together to Jericho seven times. It was not Joshua spread any road. It was the God of the people. It was the God of the generation. It was the God of the people. The voices of the people. Crying out with a loud voice. We are going to sing that song. PJ would pray and then we'll just enter into some dance. Lift your hands to God. From the beginning, flow with him. My generation is ready for a new era revival. My generation is ready for a new
scripture to you just to confirm what he has said it's a familiar passage of scripture Ezekiel 37 it's where Ezekiel was having a conversation with God and God had brought him by the spirit into a valley of dry bones the Bible says the first thing I noticed there is that God said to him son of man can Nigeria leave I don't know about you, but hope seems to have been sucked out. So much so that by the reasoning of Ezekiel, he was smart. He said, only thou knowest. Nigeria is at the point where only God knowest. But you know what God said? Again, he said to me, prophesy to this point. So by the spirit today, we're going to pray. Let me, let me, let me explain why. Can I tell you your generation are the bones? Now you might not understand what I'm just saying. But if you look, look further, and I don't have time to read it, he says that that was the great army of God. The great army. Now listen to me. When I was, I'm still young, they used to talk about the good old days. That was the narrative. And what you don't understand, because if you understand spiritual stuff, you understand that words are weapons. What they were trying to tell us is that there's a time that we are in that is no longer like the time that was. Now, that was when I was much younger. In your own time now, in not just are you hearing, you are seeing people basically run. So, there's this sense of hopelessness. And if you understand, it's the strategy of the enemy. Because he understands that as long as the bones remain bones, there's no victory. But what he did not plan for is that the same Ezekiel that says I don't know if these bones can live God turned to him and said you are the one to prophesy listen to me Nigeria is going to be great again hallelujah Nigeria is our inheritance in the name of Jesus 
Now, not because of the nation, but because of the prophetic assignment of Nigeria in Africa and for the world. So you must understand why people will travel, you said it, they will go to Dubai. They, I mean, I went to Kigali this week, and somebody said, and I'll, I'll tell you who it was, that the person who is a top person in Nigeria said, wow, wow, but the moment they come to Nigeria, they forget everything. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. What he said was important. Number one, we will build. That's PVC. That is getting into government. But you must have your sword. You must pray. You must pray. There is a fight for the soul of this nation. And there's a generation. Now, let me say this to you. You guys, in numbers, you are the generation. The Bible said that the Pharaoh said, he said, these people are more than us. They did not see. The people did not know, but the Pharaoh knew. Satan yes. knows. Yes. Maybe that's why he's trying to distract you. Yes. That's why he's trying to make you, you know, so busy, so deceived. But let me tell you, there's a grace that God has released for your generation. And in the name of Jesus, you will fulfill the assignment oh, yeah. that the Lord has given you. In the name of Jesus. Glory. First prayer point. And how we're going to pray it because it says prophesy. You see, to prophesy means to speak God's mind. And it means it's not your mind speaking. But I know one way to speak God's mind. It's prayed in the spirit. He said, prophesy to these bones. Let me tell you, when you pray for the leaders of Nigeria, you are not praying for people in Asorok. You are praying for the leaders that are behind the scene. And so today, we're going to pray first prayer. Every leader that is anointed, every leader that has been set apart in this generation, begin to rise up your mouth. Come on, pray somebody. Come on, pray somebody. to these bones surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live I will that's what I saw it's going to be God's work I will I know we are co-laborers with him but God says I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you I will cover you with skin in other words the visible part of transformation God will be involved in it now this is a prayer I'm going to pray listen to me I think sometimes we don't understand, we, we try to preempt God. And we think we know how God is going to work. That's, that's what has been a challenge in my generation. We think, for example, that God will come in the night and kill all of them. But that's not what God wants to do. God wants to uproot. God is not trying to shave the top. God wants to uproot a system. And so it's going to be a different thing. But let me tell you something. There's going to be the coming together of things. There's going to be putting in place of things. People that have hoarded money, God will arrest them. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. But this is a prayer. Father, every resource, everything that is required, because listen to me, 
a leader without the power, yeah. without the resources, is still going to be powerless. But let me tell you something. The Bible says, even the wicked has been preserved for what the Lord is going to do. So in the name of Jesus, let there be a release. Let there be a release. Open your mouth, begin to pray. share you what God gave me to gave to me for the new for this season he says so I prophesied as I prayed don't stop praying don't lose hope don't lose hope we walk by faith and not by sight what is happening in Nigeria God is behind the scene he said so I prophesied as I was commanded as I prophesied there was a noise listen to me and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together listen to me there's going to be a series of unplanned events a series of unplanned events and listen to me when you hear them they can almost bring fear but let me tell you something your own place is to prophesy can i tell you something no matter what you see listen to me 2023 is pivotal 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 in the will of god so no matter what you see, there will be noise, there will be shaking, there will be rattling. But look at what is going on behind the scene. He said, and, uh, and suddenly rattling and both came together, both to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Of course, he goes on to say basically that it became a great and mighty army. I'm going to stop there. Listen to me. One last prayer. Father, say it in the name of Jesus. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus every event that is already designed by you for the liberation of the soul of this nation for your will to be done let those events are scheduled in the heavens let them be on earth in the name of jesus you several declare things it shall be done come on put it and before i go today now you know why i transited because the prayer must go on yeah. we didn't end the prayer now yeah, yeah. we just started the prayer that's right you are moving in two weeks there's some messages that are meant to be preaching but you agreed to obey the spirit of God to focus on prayer you had to put this I used to be a pastor like that I had to put that aside for the will of God to be done and God said to tell you that the new you are entering into rest 
he said that this new season oh is going to be swift it says and, and what i saw i was sitting there i saw an angel here so i see like i see someone look i don't see anybody so i know now and it says that it's like the wind you are going to go like the wind in the name of jesus you will go like the wind in the name of jesus in fact he said concerning resources and concerning you will be that many times you will not see wind you will not see rain but yet the trenches will be filled listen to me every one of you every one of you we have a mediator amen and guess what he's ensuring that you are fine every church you know someone says maybe someone's like wow this place is so beautiful let's all stay together can you imagine seven of these places and you know what i saw another seven out of the seven and another seven out of those seven you will enter a season of multiplication supernaturally in the mighty name of jesus and you know what i heard it will be easy because you operate from rest in the name of jesus father let your will be done in jesus name amen by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.